Section 16 of Dedications. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. Dedications by Mary Elizabeth Brown. To Teachers and Students. Theocritus, Idylls, Aldine Press, 1495. Aldus Manutius, Roman, to Baptista Guaranius, his teacher, gives very cordial greeting. To thee, most learned master, the Theogonia of Hesiod, which thou dost ask of us to interpret in behalf of thy pupils. We have added the scutum of the same poet, and the books of the Georgics, and beside the idyls of Theocritus, or the thirty little works. Also, I am selecting the morals in verse of Theognis, the very ancient poet of whom both Plato in his laws and Isocrates in his orations makes mention. Nor is Phocylides absent, whom, in his ancient lithographics, Isocrates considers equal to Demonicus. It also seemed worthwhile to add the interpretation of that book of the very great Planudius, which begins, When I had considered which is reported to have been by Cato himself, but whichever it was, he was learned and worth reading, even though it was full of his sentiment, i.e. Cato's. Planudius, in Greek even, has translated the reading in hexameter verse, learnedly and indeed elegantly. This interpretation, written on parchment three hundred years ago, and by so much more among letters so nearly defaced by time that they could scarcely be deciphered, was turned over to me to see by Franciscus Rosicus, a young man perfectly reliable and learned in Greek and especially in Latin. Nor is this astonishing, for he was born and himself sprung from your fortunate Verona, which is the mother and nurse, as it always has been of the most learned men. We are also attending to certain other things that must be useful to students, which should be seen in the printed form of a book. If, however, you read unconnected things, O most learned teacher, as much here as in the rest of the books which I am taking care to have printed for the common use of all students, for that it is in some way so I do not deny, do not impute it to me but to the copies. Indeed, I do not pretend to be a corrector of books, for in certain ones it might be a task if Oedipus were interpreter, so, indeed, certain others are mutilated and altered, so that not even the one who composed them, if he came to life again, could correct them. I have rather with the greatest study taken care that they be printed more correctly than even the copy itself, as we did in the case of Apollonius the Grammarian. So in this book, in these selections which we have added, to make a thing valid is more satisfactory than nothing. That which is incorrect, if it be hidden, rarely or never is corrected. If in truth it goes out in public, there will be many to set it right, at least for a long time. So in Fabius Quintalianus, so in C. Plinius, grandson, so in several others do we see the act. These daily correct, daily come nearer to pristine elegance and simplicity. But they are very unfair and ungrateful, if there are those who accuse me, 
I call nothing down upon them, except that they themselves might some day undertake the printing of Greek books. They might feel certainly far otherwise, but this is enough. In truth, this book to you we dedicate, O oh, excellent teacher, first because of my friendship towards the Veronese, for I owe very much to the Veronese, for by Gaspar of Verona, the very distinguished grammarian, I dedicated Latin compositions at Rome, and by thee, forsooth, both Latin and Greek compositions at Ferrara. Then, because nearly all this book is about morals, indeed what is more proper than to write about morals to one who is most adorned of all men with morals? Thou art, indeed, in our age another Socrates, nor do I fear lest you think I flatter you, for I knowest that these things are most desired. But I would that you forbear with me, since I have written these things to thee about thyself. We did this, that all may know how much we know is in thyself. Thinking of me, fare thee well. Venice, 1495. Dictionum Graecium, Aldine Press, Venice, 1497. Aldus Manutius Roman, to all students, gives very cordial greeting. I had been getting up the lexicons of the Greeks, Greek, which in Latin we may call dictionaries, not prepared for publication in our type, but rather that I might have them in fullest and purest form. But, although I knew it to be exceedingly difficult, not only for me, hindered by family affairs and the printing business, but even for any one well-versed and experienced in both languages, that is, Latin and Greek, the liberal arts, in medicine, and all the sciences, I have changed my mind. As it surely is necessary to understand the whole, and to translate all the expressions correctly, Greek, I do not know whether anybody in our time can take this upon himself, except one or another, who even though he keeps his Greek and Latin learning pretty well, nevertheless, with the many years elapsing, has let it lie idle until now. Who is well acquainted with the liberal arts? Who is well schooled in the simple things for which there is need in medicine? Alas, it is a shame to say it, but we scarcely know lettuce, cabbage, and the grass which makes its presence evident even to the blind. When I consider this, I am unable to be very joyful. Nevertheless, not only do I succumb to grief, but so do I strive night and day to give aid with unceasing labour, that things may soon hope to be that the men of today may be versed in all the fine arts, and in medicine also, and that whoever is very studious, unless he is deficient, may be worthy to vie with the ancients. Let them grieve, let them malign, let them oppose as much and as often as they wish, the envious, the ignorant, and the uncultured ones. Very well, Greek. Now then, accept what, in accordance with our present means, we are given double measure in one volume of dictionaries, where one may see what is included in the front of the book. If perchance these are rather well done, find this out by reading and look for a great etymology. Watch for Sudas, Pollux, Porcianius, Stephanus, and other good ones which we purpose with care to publish shortly, or the best Greek successively. Now, with our funds, the ten comedies of Aristophanes, with the best commentaries, are being undertaken. Likewise, we are soon beginning Sudas, 
and all the letters of the greatest scholars in one volume, the rhetoric of Hermogenes and the pro-gymnasmata of Aphthonius, and, in addition to these and Aristotle's commentaries, all that is extant in medicine of Galenus. But although I know certainly that many will mention, when they read these promises of ours, the Ovidian Illud of Polyches, whoever will assumes to be rich. Nevertheless, I bear it calmly, since indeed, with the will of Jesus Christ, our very good and great Lord, these and much greater works will be seen which I am preparing and constructing. Meanwhile, it is your affair, O students, friends, and patrons of our province, if you desire your aldus as a strength for yourselves, for a learning that is passing away, to be published more easily with funds for the printing, with your funds, show your appreciation of our books, nor spare the expense. So, in short, at one and the same time, we will be giving to each other, and remember what the most noble poet Hesiod says, this is, give, when any one shall have given to you, when any one shall not have given, do not give. To the one giving, every one has given, and to him who gives not, no one has given. The well-bred scholar, or practical essays on the best methods of improving the taste and assisting the exertions of youth in their literary pursuits, by William Milnes, New York, 1797. To the superintendents of schools, gentlemen, in dedicating to you the following essays on polite literature, I am influenced by a stronger motive than the mere propriety of such an address. Aware of the prejudices usually conceived by the ignorant, the envious, and the illiberal against every new attempt to render the way to learning either shorter or smoother, I wish to submit the sketches of my plan to the judgment of those only who are best qualified to decide on its reasonableness without considering whether it has long use for its authority or not. Such persons well know that men would differ very little from brutes, and soon be at a stand in their attainments, if they did not derive from experience some helps for accelerating the progress of the human mind, and correcting the injudicious methods of those who went before them. Hoary-headed error, said an eloquent statesman, is not on that account venerable, nor has any long-continued absurdity any prescriptive claim to respect. Edmund Burke. Such are the principles on which I have ventured to leave the beaten track, and to oppose in many instances the prevalence of custom. My design, however, is not to write strictures on the established modes of public or private instruction, but simply to explain those which I found most successful in real practice. Should they prove serviceable to other teachers, in the discharge of some of the most important duties of society, I shall think my labours very amply rewarded. I remain, gentlemen, with sincere respect, your most obedient servant, William Milnes. Gradus ad Cantabrigiam, or A Dictionary of Terms, used at the University of Cambridge, Anonymous, London, 1803. Dedication to all to whom this gradus may come, greeting, in an especial manner, to all young gentlemen freshmen of the most ancient and renowned University of Cambridge. The History of Harvard University by Josiah Quincy, 1840. 
to the alumni of Harvard University, this work is respectfully dedicated by the author. The Atomic Theory by Charles Daubeny, 1850 To the memory of John Dalton, F.R.S., late president of the Literary and Philosophical Society of Manchester, corresponding member of the Academy of Sciences of the Royal Institute of France, and honorary D.C.L. of the University of Oxford, the framer of a theory with respect to the mode of combination between bodies, which stands foremost among the discoveries of the present age, for the universality of its applications and the importance of its practical results, holding the same kind of relation to the science of chemistry which the Newtonian system does to that of mechanics, and throwing light not only upon all the ordinary subjects of mechanical investigation, but even upon those more speculative questions with respect to the constitution of matter, which seem to lie beyond the reach of experimental inquiry. This essay, which in a less mature form was honoured by his approval, is now inscribed as a slight tribute to his posthumous reputation by his former friend and devoted admirer, the author. The Lyrical Dramas of Aeschylus, translated into English verse by John Stuart Blackie, 1850. To His Excellency, the Chevalier Bunsen, and to Edward Gerhard, Royal Archaeologist, Berlin, the friends of his youth and the directors of his early studies, these pages are dedicated by the translator. A Natural History of British Grasses by Edward Joseph Lowe, 1858. To J. Dalton Hooker, Esquire, M.D., F.R.S., F.L.S., of the Royal Gardens, Q., so eminently distinguished for his knowledge of botany, and so universally esteemed for the assistance he is ever willing to render to his fellow labourers, the present work on the grasses of Great Britain is, with permission, respectfully dedicated by the author. The Roman and the Teuton, a series of lectures delivered before the University of Cambridge by Charles Kingsley, 1864, dedicated to the gentlemen of the University who did me the honour to attend these lectures. Altestamentlich Theologie by Hermann Schultz, Frankfurt, 1869 to the reverend theological faculty of the georgia augusta in gottingen this book is dedicated by the author as an expression of thanks for the degree of doctor in theology conferred upon him december thirtieth eighteen sixty five geology and physical geography of brazil by charles frederick hart eighteen seventy to Professor Louis Agassiz, Director of the Thayer Expedition. My dear sir, I have the honour to offer you this volume on the geology and physical geography of Brazil as a summary of the scientific results of my explorations as an attaché of the Thayer Expedition, together with those of a second private expedition, the natural outgrowth of the former, made to continue investigations which I had been obliged to leave unfinished. I take this opportunity of acknowledging my deep indebtedness to you for the interest you have taken in my scientific studies, for your constant wise counsel and advice, and for a thousand kindnesses received at your hands. With the highest consideration and respect, I have the honour 
to be, my dear sir, your former pupil, Charles Frederick Hart, Cornell University, May 30th, 1870. Heat, A Mode of Motion, by John Tyndall, 1870. To his friend and teacher, Robert Bunsen, this book is dedicated by John Tyndall. Contributions to Molecular Physics in the Domain of Radiant Heat, by John Tyndall, 1873. To Henry Bence Jones, M.D., D.C.L., F.R.S., Onsec R.I. If unswerving devotion to the Royal Institution, firstly, and above all, as a school of original inquiry, and secondly, as an organ for the diffusion of scientific knowledge, merit the grateful recognition of its members and its professors, then justice ought to require no stimulus from friendship in associating these researches with your name. They were won and all conducted on the spot whence, during sixty years, issued in unbroken succession the labours of young Davy and Faraday. Would that they were worthy of their immortal antecedents. John Tyndall, Royal Institution, May 1872. Modern Heroes of the Mission Field by W. Pakenham Walsh, D.D., 1879. To the young men of our day and generation, and more especially to the students of our universities, this volume is affectionately inscribed. Flowers and Flower Law by the Reverend Hilderick Friend, 1884. As a proof of gratitude and in admiration of his profound erudition, this book is dedicated by kind permission, to F. Max Müller, M.A., Professor of Comparative Philology at Oxford, etc. Poverty and the State, or Work for the Unemployed, by Herbert V. Mills, 1886. To my friend Professor Adamson, M.A., of the Victoria University, Manchester, who first awoke within me a passion for the science of human economy, this book is gratefully dedicated. The Discovery of America by John Fiske, 1892 To Edward Augustus Freeman, a scholar who inherits the gift of Midas and turns into gold whatever subject he touches, I dedicate this book with gratitude for all that he has taught me. The Dialogues of Plato, translated into English by Benjamin Jowett, 1892. To my former pupils at Balliol College and in the University of Oxford, who during thirty years have been the best of friends to me, these volumes are inscribed in grateful recognition of their never-failing attachment. The Geology and Paleontology of Queensland and New Guinea by Robert L. Jack and Robert Etheridge, eighteen ninety two. Dedicated to the memory of three worthy pioneers in Australian geology Samuel Stutchbury, William Branwhite Clark, and Richard Daintree. The Higher Criticism of the Hexateuch by Charles A. Briggs, eighteen ninety three. To Francis Brown, D.D., Davenport Professor of Hebrew and the Cognate Languages in the Union Theological Seminary, New York. Pupil, colleague, successor, and true yoke fellow, this book is dedicated in trust and love. From the Greeks to Darwin, 
by Henry Fairfield Osborne, 1894. To my revered teacher in philosophy, James McCosh, ex-president of Princeton College. Open Air Studies by Grenville A. J. Cole, 1895. To Richard Watley Dickinson. This little book was in my mind all the time that we were studying together, so I dedicate it to you and to all those who like seeing things for themselves in the open air. Thomas Cranmer by Arthur James Mason, 1898 To the Reverend and Learned, the Masters and Fellows of Jesus College, I offer this slight acknowledgement of the extreme kindness with which they have welcomed me into the society of which Cranmer was twice fellow. The works of Geoffrey Chaucer, edited by Alfred W. Pollard, H. Frank Heath, Mark H. Liddell, and W. S. McCormick, 1898. To Frederick James Furnival, Ph.D., founder and director of the Chaucer and Early English Text Societies, this popular edition of the poet, for whom he has done so much, is dedicated in gratitude and esteem. Another Decade in the History of Union Theological Seminary by the Reverend George Prentice, D.D., 1899 Dedicated to all true lovers of the divinely given rights and liberties of Christian thought and scholarship. Can I Believe in God the Father? by William Newton Clark, 1899 To my eager fellow students, the members of the first Harvard Summer School of Theology. The Gospel for a World of Sin by Henry Van Dyke, 1899 To James Ormsby Murray, Dean of Princeton University, a teacher of literature and life, a preacher of righteousness and love, a servant of humanity and Christ, this book is dedicated in grateful affection. The Student's Life of Jesus by the Reverend George H. Gilbert, 1900 To all earnest students of the immortal theme The Great Epic of India by Edward Washburn Hopkins, 1901 Yale Bicentennial Publications This series of volumes is respectfully dedicated to the graduates of the university. Cherry by Booth Tarkington, 1903 To the diligent and industrious members of the class of 93 at Nassau Hall, also to the idler spirits who wasted the golden hours of youth in profitless playing of toss the ball, and even to those more dissolute ones who risked the tutor's detection at pitch the penny and carved their names on Adam's table. In brief, to all of that happy class is dedicated this heroic tale of the days when commencement came in September. Architectural Shades and Shadows by Henry McGoodwin, 1904 To Professor Francis W. Chandler of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, whose kindly influence has long been an aid and an inspiration to hundreds of those young architects who are engaged in the effort to fitly establish their art in America and to excel in it, this book is respectfully inscribed. Christian Theology in Outline by William Adams Brown, Ph.D., D.D., 1906 To my students, past and future, in gratitude and hope.
Commentary on the Book of Psalms by the Reverend Charles A. Briggs, D.D., 1906. To John Crosby Brown, Esquire, and D. Willis James, Esquire, President and Vice-President of the Board of Directors of the Union Theological Seminary, this work is dedicated in recognition of their eminent services to theological education and to the liberty of Christian scholarship during the 33 years of the author's professorate. The Mikado's Empire by William Elliot Griffiths, D.D., 1906 To Japanese lovers of knowledge in every age, the dead who first kindled the sacred fire, who passed on the torch, the martyrs who suffered death for their loyalty, patriotism, devotion to national unity, restoration and regeneration, the students who, in noble thirst for truth, found honoured graves in alien soil, the living with whom rests the future of their beautiful land, this sketch of their country and people, made in the interest of truth and set down without extenuation or malice, is, with fraternal regard, dedicated by their comrade and friend, the author. A History of Chemical Theories and Laws by Matthew Moncrief Patterson Muir, 1907 To the memory of the Master Antoine Laurent Lavoisier, I dedicate this history of parts of the science which it was his glory to form from the materials gathered by himself and by many who went before him during more than two thousand years. The Oxford Book of English Verse, 1250-1900 to Chosen and edited by A. T. Quiller Couch, 1907. To the President, Fellows and Scholars of Trinity College, Oxford, a house of learning, ancient, liberal, humane, and my most kindly nurse. The Teachings of Thomas Henry Huxley by Irving Wilson Furhees, 1907. To Henry Van Dyke, teacher of literature and life, lover of philosophy and friendship, this book is gratefully inscribed by his former pupil, the author. Rara Arithmetica, a catalogue of the arithmetics, written before the year 1511, with a description of those in the library of George Arthur Plimpton of New York, by David Eugene Smith, 1908. To the learned and distinguished man, George Arthur Plimpton, Master of Arts, lover of the older books, friend of authors, companion of the learned, loving patron of letters, from the Latin. Against the Current, by Edward A. Steiner, 1910. To the President, John Hanson Thomas Maine, the embodiment of the ideals of Grinnell College, who, although of different race and lineage, is to me a friend and brother, I dedicate this book on the anniversary of our first meeting. Seven Great Statesmen by Andrew D. White, 1910 To Goldwyn Smith, scholar, historian, statesman, in remembrance of his self-sacrificing championship of the American Union in its time of peril, of his inspiring teachings at Oxford and at Cornell, and of his long life devoted to truth, justice, rational liberty and right reason. Characteristics of Existing Glaciers by William Herbert Hobbs, 1911 To Professor Victor Goldschmidt, 
of the University of Heidelberg, a leader in scientific research, a gifted and inspiring teacher, and a noble and generous friend, this book is affectionately dedicated by the author. The Progress of Physics During 33 Years, 1875-1908, to four lectures delivered to the University of Calcutta by Arthur Schuster, 1911. This volume is dedicated to the Honourable Mr. Justice Asutosh Mukhopadhyaya, Sariwasti, CSI, MA, DL, DSC, Vice-Chancellor of the University of Calcutta, in acknowledgement of the services he has rendered to university education in India. An Outline of the History of Christian Thought Since Kant by Edward Caldwell Moore, 1912 to Adolf Harnack on his 60th birthday by his first American pupil. Literature of the New Generation by Gyofu Soma To my honoured teacher, Professor Hogetsu Shimamura, is this volume dedicated. The dedication of books is a custom borrowed very recently by the Japanese from the West and is used only by Christian writers or by those non-Christians who have studied in the West and become imbued with the spirit of Western literature. The Scott Originals by William S. Crockett, 1912 To Daniel Aitkenhead, Schoolmaster Emeritus of Earlston, Dear Meister, from the ABC to Greek and Grand Latiny, ye drave the lessons into me. Old Homer strung his lyre lang syne, Quintus Horatio's sang divine, in that lore haunted school of thine. Back in those thirty years agone, heard I the call of Marmion, and claimed the wizard from my own. And all the great heart staring lays filled up the fountain of your praise, ambition in my breast to raise. You led your scholar up the hill of learning. With a joyous will, my heart is with the Meister still. Dedications to teachers and students seem to invite to solemnity of utterance. There is one dedication to students of less serious tone, English as she has spoke. Who then the little book for the care of what we wrote him, and for her typographical corrections, intended for the studious youth, at whom we dedicate him particularly? End of section 16